have a Twitter account. How has that happened? Just started a new one. Okay. Yeah. What, have you lied about the birthday? Oh, I didn't add it. Uh, I didn't. Because okay. so if you've lied to Twitter and said that we're thirteen when we're not, <laughs> it was. I just, I just left the birthday thing altogether. Right. I just, I spoke to someone and they said it can take maybe six months to a year to get to get it back unblocked, even right. if you are not one years of age okay. as they thought we were. So we, we've set up a new Twitter account, which is at Tennis Podcast One. Amazingly enough. Because we're one. Because we're one. Oh, hey. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if people would like to follow us, that'd be great. Yes. Because you can find out all about bits and pieces of um, episodes, pictures of Sven. Your wedding cake's on there at the moment. Yeah. And three dogs clapping. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. We have a lot of dogs following us on Instagram, don't we? So I think that was to try and uh, pander to that market. <laughs> and you were thinking about some reviews. Have you given us a review? I have. I don't think I have given us a review. Has your husband given us a review? No, because neither of us use Apple Podcasts. That's where you give your reviews. Oh. So uh, it would be really helpful if uh, people could uh, subscribe because then you get all of your... uh, Well, the next episode will just come automatically into your podcast platform. uh, And if you can review us, that would also be very helpful. Uh, As long as it's positive. If it's not positive, maybe just just (laughs) leave it. Just don't listen to us again. That would be absolutely (laughs) fine. We'd much rather that. And um, yeah, and then other than that, uh, follow Tennis Podcast 1. And you will get all of the updates. Everything will be put up there straight away. Have you? Because we're together, which is lovely. Hey. We're actually together. Yes. Same tournament, Cincinnati, covering the same tournament. Have you? I was about to ask how married life was, but have you actually seen your husband a lot since you became Mrs. Ben? No, basically not at all. Uh, <laughs> I've been working. Some oh, of the best did, marriages. <laughs> we did one week where uh, we went away with Sven. Did a bit of canoeing and, and things I was chatting about last week, but since we got back from there yeah the next day straight to work and i have been working i've brought cake cake to oh, for ce- a birthday no no to celebrate us being is together it your birthday because no it's not my my no. birthday is my birthday is to come but i bought us cake a cake each they're oh, no wow. they're little i mean you you make it seem like people are thinking i bought this whopping great cake it's like a oh it's a good cake it's a slice of it's a Carrot cake. It's a carrot cake. I like a carrot cake. You like cake. a carrot cake. Well, thank you. What's your favourite cake? Do you have a favourite cake? Chocolate. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, that's it. Carrot cake is also very good. But all cake, basically. All cake, all chocolate. Very happy. So this is, it's basically to celebrate because a lot of the time, although it might not sound it, but we do our podcast remotely. Yes, I might we be do, lying actually. in bed. You're, I'm normally lying on my bed and you're normally sitting on the sofa in your place That's well yes but sometimes one of us is well, if you're lying on your bed it might be a bed in a hotel room say at the Australian Open might you be. were there yes uh, so you're doing it in your hotel room and I was at home uh, we do do it remotely and <laughs> yes make a rather lot I, I make a, an effort to make it sound like <laughs> we are together <laughs> when uh, the edit comes in but it's still an enjoyable conversation to have and we have a lot to talk about we'd be, we'd be talking anyway if we didn't record it so we might as well just stick a microphone in front of us and well one idea listen. one idea this week in Cincinnati was just to basically keep recording every time we went to a break and we were off air and yeah. just kind of sew all the bits together. I mean, in the last match, we've, we've just come off air doing a match. Yes. We talked about creamsicles, which is a word I, I just don't feel it's comfortable really awful, with. It's really awful, isn't it? I just don't feel comfortable <laughs> with the word. But we talked about 
creamsicles. It's because it's National Creamsicle Day oh, I just, in the States. I'm just not sure how many times we can say that word. Uh, there's National Foot Day at some point. No, it's National I Love My Feet Day. Well, it's the what same it is. thing as National Foot Day. That's in a few day. days. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a bit bit bizarre. I don't Each like day has about four different days that it is. I don't like feet. No, so we won't celebrate that one. But yesterday we had National Left-Handed Day. Yes, and we realised that we're it both wasn't even national; it was International Lefties Day. Oh, it was international. It was oh. just worldwide. It was global, worldwide, and we're both left-handed, which was a big thing for you. Not that we're both left-handed, but because this day exists. Well, I, I just—the biggest thing for me was that you didn't care. But I, what did you want me to care about? You're a lefty, I know. and we were celebrating Left-handers Day, and you just wanted me to shut up. <laughs> That's, that's on many things. <laughs> but <it> was, <laughs> you really, I mean, it got to the point on air where it was very much like, You were asking stop. for people to send in photos of their left hand <laughs> at that point. <laughs> it had been at a long point, day and I was desperate. It, 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 up to that point, we'd be getting lovely photos of, of cakes and loaves of bread and people offering to actually bring cakes to the tournament. And you start saying, oh, can we have a picture of your left hand? Which I think, I didn't realise that left-handed people were quite so... Ray, what what what's the uh... says one in ten officially, and I, th- I feel like it's less than that. But you know, what? I think the big thing about this is that as a left-handed person in normal life, I don't ever think about being left-handed. I think I mentioned this on one of the podcast previous ones when I went out with the boys, and a mother was despairing that her son kept picking up the pen with his left hand and they were like does he need left-handed scissors do we need to like readapt our house so it's a left-handed house <laughs> at one point I was like hang on a second it's, it's not it's fine you're gonna be okay but I think it's different for you because you were in a profession when it actually made a difference what what hand you played tennis with yeah and I was just put in a box of being a lefty that that was it the, the number one thing about me whenever anyone asked anything about me uh, oh I'm playing Cavaday what's she like oh she's a lefty it's the first thing you say because it's very important if you're playing against somebody you don't want to walk onto court and be surprised and go oh they're a lefty that's interesting so it becomes kind of part of your identity and so even in practice court bookings do people so you, not want to practice with you oh all the time Sometimes I just couldn't get a practice party. If I was the only lefty in the tournament, sometimes people just wouldn't want to practice with me. Or sometimes, actually, so what happens is so you go and you, you book your practice court, but a lot of the time you just, somebody's doing the control desk and you'll ask them for part, partner wanted. So at Wimbledon, for example, you say partner wanted and they will try and find you a partner. If they can't find you another partner, then they will just put a hitter on the court for you because they, they have their stock hitters. They're finding you a partner. Do they say to the other person, person X, would you like to hit with this person? Or do they say to that person, we've just found you someone no so I would go and I say right I want to practice at uh can I get a court for 11 to 12 tomorrow morning please and they'll say yep that's absolutely fine court 16 who are you practicing with and I'll say oh, I don't have anybody can you put uh, I'll go partner wanted uh and they say yep no problem and they know everybody and they know everybody very well the the control desk people they're not people who don't know us we they tend to be the same people year on year because it, they, you have to be good to negotiate practice sessions and practice courts and there are different rules for different players because seeds get to have more time or better so courts. So do they get to have more time? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, a lot of the time, uh, the seeds get to have a full court and the lower-ranked players have to share a court uh, and all this sort of stuff. So they need to know what they're doing and they're normally, they're normally tournament referees that are choosing to do or have been asked to do the practice desk so and as soon as they say yep that's absolutely fine they write down cavaday and then they just put a little l in the corner of that box and it's i'm a lefty so then what will happen is then you will turn up Gigi, and you'll say 
I'm looking for a practice session at 11.30 tomorrow. Uh, I don't have a partner. And he'll say, oh, well, Naomi Cavaday is looking at 11. If you wanted to come half an hour earlier, she is looking for a session for an hour. Is that okay? And they will say, oh, no. no don't <laughs> want to hit with a lefty. Or sometimes it's not even just about being a lefty. You just don't want to hit with a big hitter or somebody you've practiced with before that you know is not going to give and you much rhythm. And does it get personal? I don't it's want not, to hit with that person. It's not personal, but it is... But can it, can it be? No, it doesn't get personal. Very rarely, I think... Even if you didn't really get on with someone, but they were available, would you still hit with them because you needed a partner? Yeah, your practice session, you need to get it done. You don't have to talk to somebody that you're practicing with. You really don't have to. I think I might have to get on with them. No, not really. It's, it's just one practice session. Really, you don't. Um, it, it's. I don't think you have to. People tend to practice with players that they are friends with so they can have fun and that sort of thing. But anyway, so you put the, the L in the box. And so some people will say, oh, actually, I'd rather play with a righty because I'm... I'm I'm pre- I'm playing against a righty in my match tomorrow, so um, I'd, I'd I'd like to do that. Uh, and then at other times, if you can't, f- if they couldn't find a right-handed player and they needed a right-handed player, they would say to me, they'd say, "Yes, okay, fine, we'll practice with her." And then what would happen is we start the match, and they'll say, uh, "What we'll do, we'll do the practice session, but uh, when it comes to serve and returns, uh, I'm going to get my coach to serve to me rather than you to serve to me because I'm warming up." Sometimes if it's the warm up in the morning before a match totally understandable it's a completely different angle it's totally different if you're playing against a righty or a lefty so often they will you know you'll hit your practice you'll hit your serves they'll return and then uh their coach will serve to them and if you want to hit returns um uh, wait no have i done that the wrong way around no yeah, yeah so they'll so you're the righty you'll hit your serves the lefty will return and then when i'm their coach hit, will step in well, no, well then i'll hit my serves so this, my session's finished, I'll leave the court and then their coach, coach will jump come in, in and will serve to them uh, as a righty. But if someone needed a left-handed practice partner, it's like jackpot. Yes, You're exactly. Really popular. Yeah, so sometimes you get really sought out and especially if you've either lost in the tournament or you're just playing doubles, a lot of the lefty doubles players will get asked for practice sessions a lot just to have that to, to rely on. Venus Williams once had a, one of her hitters that she used to travel with could play left or right-handed so could serve equally well left or right-handed genius it was great she so she just could do both didn't need to find anybody else so um yeah i mean it doesn't on the whole cause you too many issues because as i say if somebody really doesn't want to practice with a lefty they'll still hit with you but they just won't return your serves um but where it is a problem is if you're somebody who doesn't like to have a lot of rallies on the court when you're practicing and you like to thump the ball or when you play points you just want to beat somebody and you just tee off and you're not really in the spirit of being training partners people will not want to practice with you I'd feel quite sad if I came back in the next morning and they said I'm very sorry but there is no one at that point have you ever been in a situation I, I, I think I read Mikhail Kukushkin he said that often and it's probably got nothing to do with Mikhail Kukushkin the person but often he said I, I wouldn't find anyone to practice with whether people have just got their own hitting partners they bring with him or people have locked down what they're going to do and he'd say I'd, I'd walk out to practice there'd be no one to practice with so I'd go home yeah and if you're not traveling with a coach who can hit then you are stuffed I've had a few times where I've had to hit with my coach who is not a tennis player or has not played for ages for example or they're just there in flip-flops and shorts and they just kind of stand around <laughs> and feed you some balls um, I've also had situations where I just haven't practiced in the morning because very similarly there wasn't anyone to practice with and you just got to go on and play your match and that is why you see particularly on the WTA side of things 
so many of these coaches are hitters it's part of the problem as to why there aren't enough female coaches because the girls want coaches that can hit to a really really high level and they can do full training sessions and they don't need to worry about finding practice partners I feel like yes it's more convenient but it's really not a massive stress to try and find practice partners it's not that tough when you're at tournaments it's not that difficult but it is um it's something that we see often isn't it you know ATP players that have been ranked a thousand or lower just kind of got a couple of points will walk into a, a hitting job get to learn a lot from the head coach be out on court with the top player and then their career starts and I'm sure they and they will do a very good job but that is something that is an opportunity that is not available to somebody like me even though when I stopped I, I hit a very high level you can't quite get off you can't get off the mark in that way so this is all feeding into why you were very excited that it was international left-handed yes and you couldn't understand see my life has has never I've never had to sign a form and put an L by it or when I've I don't know signed in for something or gone somewhere you know I've gone to the dentist and put like a little L there I mean it is it's never it's never so there's no stereotype for a lefty just in daily life because for a lefty like in in tennis if somebody says oh so I'm playing Cavade what's she like and they say oh yeah she's a lefty and she's a proper lefty then that suddenly that gives you any number of tactics that I'm going to use or things that I'm good at and even when I was young as a player even about eight years old it was oh you're a lefty your swinging serve's going to be vicious I'm pretty sure that is why lefties have good swinging serves is because you're just told from a young age that it's going to be good so you just think I better go and practice it then I'm supposed to have a really good swinging serve so you just I spent hours just practicing the lefty swinging serve because everybody just kept saying be a lefty be a lefty be a lefty like that's what you are so you just kind of get categorized and then you're you're off and running there's no reason why the righties shouldn't be able to do it themselves on on the juice court it's just that i don't think you're kind of encouraged in that direction i mean i'm a proper lefty right but i I don't think nothing in life i mean when you start to really think about things you think actually that fridge doesn't open for left-handed person but it's been the same fridge forever so you just open it with With your your right right hand hand. it was only when i heard this mother saying does he need left-handed scissors i thought left-handed scissors i think writing when you're young can be slightly when they were insisted on ink pens yes you needed a different nib because it was I didn't have a different nib did you not have a different nib no mine was just very scratchy on the paper because you didn't have the right nib you have to get a lefty nib you have to get a lefty nib I've never had lefty anything I had a lefty nib okay (laughs) but but we were talking we were talking a long time ago I had a lefty nib I I just used to beg them to let me use a biro but I never had lefty scissors never had a lefty fridge never had if there is such a thing I I I don't really Not think sure where you'd get a left-handed I, fridge from. <laughs> there must be some other. I've never really thought about being left-handed at all. That hasn't affected. Right. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's affected anything. Which is why you were sort of so disappointed at my lack of reaction to international yeah. international left-handed. You kept saying, "Everybody happy left-handed international day." Exactly. Oh, I was so happy when you stopped. Oh. <laughs> My God! But I, but what? I, but I do understand. As a tennis player, you're you are a lefty. Yeah, and that's what you're known for. You see, and, I, and I've, I've never been called. Oh, Gigi, there's the lefty. I mean, that well, would I, be really weird. I remember uh, the year I played at Wimbledon. I played against Martina Hingis, and the day before, I saw her on the practice court, and she was practicing with a lefty, and that actually weirdly gave me quite a lot of confidence so I thought okay she's taking this seriously because I was a wild card so I wasn't you know she was 11 in the world and had already won the tournament but 
I thought, okay, she's taking it seriously. And I went up and I checked the practice sheets. And for three days in a row, she'd practiced with lefties. Really? Yeah. So She was ready for you. Yes, she was ready for me. But it also weirdly gave me confidence because I was like, okay, she's not... She's not just cruising around saying, oh, I've got the easiest first round ever. I'm going to walk through it. She was kind of like, OK, right, this is going to be a challenge. So to all the lefties out there. Um, it's great. <laughs> Congratulations and happy left hand day. <laughs> now, would you like to talk about Andy Murray or would you like to talk about Serena Williams? Wait, firstly, what am I doing with this cake? Am I supposed to eat this now? What do you eat it whenever? I mean, it hasn't got a label on it saying need to. I mean, there'll be a best before yeah, I date. Can eat it, eat it later. At some point, we've got more tennis to do. You don't have to eat it now. Okay. Do you feel you need to eat it now? Uh, if no. you want to eat it now, you can. Well, I can. I can just talk while you eat. I just wondered if this was the kind of content for the pod, me eating a piece of cake. That would be a little bit weird with your left. Hand. We've been struggling. <laughs> Can't think of anything to talk about. We're just going to eat cake. Just listen to Naomi's cake. No, it was a more. We're actually together. Oh, so, so it's just a nice present. Oh, thank you. It wasn't to celebrate being left-handed. I think it should. It, it was more to celebrate you put the a fact. candle in it. We're actually, <laughs> we're actually in the same place. No, I, I've, I'm, I finished with ages because that got us into trouble on Twitter. So no more talk about age. Um, but there has been an awful lot of stuff going on. So where do you want to start, Murray or Williams? Oh, okay. Uh, well, Murray, I think. Okay. Yeah. Go on then. What, 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 what do you want to know about Andy? He played. He played singles in Cincinnati. Is that what you want to know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he played singles in Cincinnati. It was good. It was as expected. It was probably a little better than expected. He's not able to play singles at the US Open, but he will play mixed and doubles. And the comeback continues. And I think lots of work to be done. But watch this space. January 2020 could be ready to rock and roll properly. It was interesting that he since said um, about the US Open that he needed a little bit more time and they wanted to announce their wild cards so a decision had to be made and he said then he sort of woke up and thought about it that the qualifying is three sets. Very right. So it would have maybe been a good idea to go through qualifying because for him it's about matches. Yes, time on court. Time on court, matches on the singles court. And he said, if I thought about it, I could have played qualifying, seen how that went and taken it from that. I mean, he said he played doubles and mix, but the difficulty is finding partners because Feliciano Lopez is committed to Pablo Crane and Buster for Davis Cup purposes. Sure. They were asked to play together. We know he struggled a little bit initially to find a mixed doubles partner ahead of, um, ahead of Wimbledon. Do you... I know it's only one match. So it's maybe a tough question, but do you see... He says it'll take him about a year to probably get back to how physical and fit he's going to be. So maybe Australian Open next year, will he'll look to be his Grand Slam comeback. But can you see Murray getting back to anywhere near where he was pre-metal hip? Depends what you talk about as near. I mean, top if we, ten. I mean, if, if we I say start, top ten. if we start at the top, is he going to win a Grand Slam? No. Uh, top ten? Be v- no. I just don't see it. Um, Top 20, quite possibly. I think that that... If if we think about Andy when he was at his best, if he played at about 50%, that was probably a top 20 standard. So the question is, can he get back to 50% of what he was before? And I think actually, based on what we're seeing, probably could. Uh, But that means to get to the top 20, you then need to be producing that 50% every single week to get the ranking moving. Do you see what I mean? 
Do you think he'd be happy with that? I know he's just delighted yes. to be back on court, but I just wonder, and I bring, and I always think when you say the word ego, it sounds like a negative, and I don't mean it in a negative way, but everyone has an ego. He's been number one in the world and won Grand Slam titles, and I know it's, this is effectively, he's been given a chance at a, a second career, as it were, but do you think from being at the very, very top and winning the very, very biggest titles that he would be happy to be 20 or 30 and sort of middling it in tournaments? I think he'd be happy to get to that ranking again and he'd be happy with it for a time. I think a good year being in the top 20, I think would be absolutely fine. I think he'd have a great time with it. be thrilled to be back on court. He just loves, loves competing. But as soon as he realises that that is the ceiling... It might not be the ceiling. This is the thing. Is he needs to get there to find out because maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't think he's going to be playing singles this soon. So I'm already blown away by what he's doing. So absolutely, he might get to the top 20 and go, do you know what? I can get another 10% out. That pushes me to 12. I can, I can get this next 5% and you're never going to actually know until you put yourself in the situation. So if he gets to the top 20 he stays there for a year and he realizes that he cannot get any more out of his body or out of himself and and push on further then i think that he would probably call it a day i don't think he would sit in the top 20 for five years knowing he couldn't do any more but if he thought there was a chance of getting back to that top 10 he would he would hunt it down but he's got to get back to the top 20 first which means you've got to go through 50 through 100 i think 100 no problem Already the level that we saw him play at is probably around about that level, I think. like I, I didn't think it was that great in terms of, oh, he's playing at a standard of 30. He went out, he played and he competed. Did he ever look like he was going to win? No, against Richard Gasquet. Uh, did he move well? Nowhere near his best. Probably not even 50% of his best. But he was moving on a singles court. This is all positive. It's, It's about what do you... What do you compare it to? And and the trouble with always comparing people to their best is that they're just ne- never going to make that. You're never going to make that again. I remember, I think I got, I remember somebody tweeted me when I said, I think it was in Rome, saying that I didn't think that Nadal was playing that badly, even though he hadn't won a title on the clay. And, and, and somebody was kind of going off on one on Twitter about me saying that, but... It's like, well, obviously, if you compare him to Rafa at his absolute clay court dominant best, he's not playing great in comparison to that. But all things considered this year, I think he's playing pretty well. So it's different. So that's what I mean in terms of, so you take his best and you go, if he can make 50% of that, he's going to be in the top 20. So then the 50% becomes the new level doesn't it that becomes really good so if he can achieve that and go out and and play like that week in week out we'll all be sitting here going that's great but of course if you compare that to the 2016 murray it's nothing in comparison of course it's not but that's not fair you just can't always be like that so i think you have to work out what the expectation is in comparison to your best and then you match things to that so if you got to 40 percent, that's pretty good that sort of thing um 50 might sound like not very much to people but you have to understand i mean serena williams run roland garros operating at about 50 percent a few years ago when she had that raging temperature and was ill and she still managed to fight her way through and win that tournament i know we're going to talk about serena in a bit but you know that and that is why the top guys are so good is because they can cruise through at, at a very very comfortable level so what percent is serena williams playing at at the moment what is she firing at at the moment in comparison to her best best level 
40 at best. And I tell you what, that was great. She probably played about 40%, I think, in Toronto. And that was really, really good from her. She's moving better than I've seen ever. Well, not ever. Better than I've seen post-baby for Serena. So much good stuff. But again, if you take everything into consideration, it's really good. But if you plucked Serena's performance out in Toronto and put it against Serena in 2009 or 2010, I mean, the Serena in Toronto is barely going to win a game. She's going to win a couple of games, maybe. But you have to deal with what you've got at the time. But the difference is you've got Andy Murray, who's just happy to be on court. He's happy to be part of it again, the travelling, the big tournaments. Serena Williams has made no secret of the fact that she wants two more Grand Slam titles. She doesn't want to go level with Margaret Court. She wants to go past her. So her expectations are, that's like Andy Murray saying, I want to win another Grand Slam title or I want to get back into the top 10 or number one. She is saying she wants to do what she's done 23 times previous another two times yeah but again don't you think you'd have the same conversations post baby you get back to training you get back on the court you sit down you have your chat with Patrick and the team and and again you you work out what is realistic what is required for her to win those grand slams now she can look at her best level you know I don't think she's ever going to get back there and I don't think that she ever thought she would either she's had problems with the knee it's not just about having the baby but she also nearly died as a as a result of complications there are so many health issues that she's had going on so can she get back to 100% I just don't see it but 50% Serena has won a grand slam is that possible Yes, it is. I don't think she's there yet, but she's been in three Grand Slam finals and I do not think she has operated at a very high level in comparison to her her absolute best. But we shouldn't compare her to her absolute best week in, week out. And that's why I would say in Toronto, it was an excellent performance from Serena, particularly against Elise Mertens in the first round. She got a win over Naomi Osaka. So, you know, I I was commentating it in Toronto and... And uh, as I say, all I could do was praise what I was seeing and say this is the best we've seen her post-baby. This is really, really... And just full stop, it's really, really good. Now, as I say, anybody could get on Twitter and say to me, are you kidding? She'd barely win games against Serena in 2010. And I agree with you. But you you have to deal with what you've got. She is older. She has had a baby. She's had all these health issues. She is trying to win a slam. And as I say, she has been... She's been close because she's got to the finals a few times. She hasn't been close in those finals, so there still is a good chunk left to do. It's only going to get harder. Yeah. The more finals she reaches and doesn't cross the finish line, she reached the final in Toronto. Unfortunately, back spasms meant that she wasn't able to compete or complete against Bianca Andreescu. And you just feel it's great that she's getting into the finals, but the more finals at whatever level, whether they're the Premier Mandatory, whether the Grand Slam, it's going to get harder to to cross that finish. It's great getting there, and that's brilliant, but we know that's not her goal. If her goal was, I just want to get back to a Grand Slam final to show that I can get there, then brilliant. But the thing for her is that's not the goal. The goal is the goal is winning it, and, and yeah. surely that's going to get tougher the more she's in and the more she doesn't cross the finish line yeah and the last 10% is the hardest 10% to find isn't it that's that's where it gets really tough so if she needs 50% and she's currently at 40% well that's the hardest bit Uh, but she is still improving and and the the trouble is is that you can't and and again I mean I've always operated on percentages that's how kind of view things and 
so for example if you're going on to play a match and it is horrendous conditions it's cold it's swirly it's raining you're playing against somebody like a Shay Su Wei who's just going to chop you up with slice you're not going to feel good you have to change your expectations you go you sit down with your coach and your coach will say to you okay 100% it's out of the question don't even think about trying to play like that can't happen where do we think is pitching it is right is right look about look at your practice earlier you had no rhythm look at your opponent look at the situation and sometimes you might go do you know what I'm aiming for 70% if I can feel like I'm playing at 70% then I'm very happy with that because it's the same for the opponent as well everybody's got these these things to deal with because if you always walk out on court and you really want to play your best tennis you're going to be bitterly disappointed for the majority of your year because you don't play your best tennis very often it's really rare and I know you want always want to strive for more but you might be in a situation where you are aiming for 70%, you get there, and then you think, oh, actually, I think I can do a bit more, and then you can do that. Surely one of the hardest things when you've been as good, and she's still extremely good, but as good as she has been at her very best, to almost forget about that and set new goals. And I know her life has changed completely off-court. It's, it's out of sight from, from what it was years back. She's got married, she's a mom. there's business ventures and all sorts of bits and pieces going on. But it must be, it's, it's all right you saying to me, right, you change your expectation. This week you're going to, I don't know, go for half an hour's run and then we're going to build it up to 40 minutes and an hour. If I'd been running and winning marathons to then tell me to do that, it's going to be very hard. And that's kind of what you're saying to Serena. I mean, how do you say to her, you are not that player? It's, surely it's something she's got to accept. She is not that player at very best because she was there for so long. I, I don't know. I just imagine it must be very hard when you are so good and so at the top of what you do and things have changed and the game's evolving. You've got all these bright young things coming through to actually say to yourself, you've got to be positive and I, you know, I'm the best and I'm going to win this. But in brackets but I'm not as good as I was yeah I think that's probably one of the biggest issues for her aside of from the injuries if she's just on court fit and healthy which again in Toronto she played four matches in four days she hasn't done that since she's come back from having a baby that's again good progress but aside from that that is a hard mental shift imagine the confidence level walking onto court no matter who you're playing knowing that if you can just find 50% of your level you're going to win because that is what she's been dealing with for so long, really. Um, and, okay, occasionally she, she got beaten. Azarenka has beaten her at her best. Azarenka's beaten her when she's been operating at 90%, 100%. So has Venus, so has Henin. But very, very few have done that. And the first thing that we always say when somebody takes on, say, Serena, when she was at her best before she had the baby, or whether it's a Federer, Djokovic right okay what does this player ranked 40 need to happen in this match what do they need to do well the first thing is they need to hope that their opponent is not playing their best <laughs> because otherwise they just have no chance and that's just the way that it is and but just imagine that level of confidence we saw Djokovic in his first round here in Cincinnati probably operating at about 40-50% came through against Sam Querrey a great player uh, he just didn't look anywhere near his best but they just win and that's it you just got to win but imagine the shift now because if if this 50% is essentially the new 100% that she's aiming for, if, if you kind of, it has to be the new goal, doesn't it? The new top end of her ability. Well, actually, it's a case of you have to achieve that if you want to be winning these tournaments, if you want to be winning these grand slams. And she's got so close. And then in the final each time, it's not been good enough. You know, she got wiped by Halep. Uh, the Osaka match was, you know, Osaka was better than her in that match as well in terms of the level that, that she played. So it, it's not, she, she has to 
force herself to play the best tennis. And I think that level of pressure is something she's never dealt with before because I can't even imagine it. You know, it, it's like me walking out to play somebody who's just who, who plays a bit of social tennis and is kind of a decent club player but has never played a professional standard. And I walk out on the court and I just know, I know that if I can kind of go, yeah, I'll play 40-50%, I know I'm going to win. So it, it's that's... It's that kind of mentality, isn't it, which is now totally different. I have to change my expectation levels when it comes to buying trousers. Trousers? Trousers. I'm hoping that someone listening to this has either gone through this or they're going through it and can relate. And, can relate. and I'm preparing you for this in years to come. Okay. Twins go to school. Ah, for the twins. Okay. Next month. School uniform time. That's exciting buy. though. No, no, you're excited. No, I'm really excited. And that, I'm coming home from the US Open early to take them for the first day. And, but I've got, I've got two boys, different sizes, heights, leg lengths, all the sorts of things. I've got to get the amount of stuff you need is ridiculous. Really? You don't just need a jumper and trousers, shoes? You need many jerk. jumpers, shoes bags different bits and pieces they've got to decorate a shoebox with stickers and put stuff in i'm not even sure what they've got to put in i don't know it's lots of stuff needed right and there's a website where you can get a load of it with the logos of the school and that's lovely and then i thought oh that's fine i've just got to get gray trousers and i thought i can do gray trousers okay so i went to a high street shop people might know it marks and spencers it does a good range of school uniform and it was one of those days where I hadn't had a lot of sleep, so I was going in. <laughs> I thought, it's easy, I'm just going to get some grey trousers and I'm going to come back. It's the closest I've ever come to having a panic attack. <laughs> oh no. It's absolutely incredible. In front of me was a wall, a wall of grey trousers. Now, I've got used to as a grown-up, and so you know when you're buying jeans or trousers, you can have boot cut, straight legs, skinny, really skinny, oh, I hate it. super skinny, sits on the waist, doesn't go anywhere near the waist, yeah. cropped, boyfriend, relaxed. I mean, it's... I just want a pair of trousers, yeah. right? And you get... Apparently, it's the same for four-year-olds. Oh, no. You can get slim, super slim, skinny, very skinny, relaxed, very relaxed, and normal. <laughs> so... <laughs> what did you choose? I, I, I was I'd go just, one skinny, one normal... One relaxed. Don't go extremes. Very relaxed and very skinny. You don't want to go extremes. Well, I got, I got, a, I got a, I got a selection. And I remember they're Did different. You go very relaxed and very skinny. They're different. Yeah, that's harsh on your kids. One pair I did buy was super skinny because I thought I don't know. My, they don't God. even know what they're putting. What are you putting on them? They don't even know. It's and super skinny. It's super relaxed. It was. I, super they don't want to be super relaxed. Didn't go up over his bum. It was just super skinny. He's like, mum, can't get it on. I mean, he looked like some. He looked like Mick Jagger. In terms of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like someone. It's oh, you've got to show me a picture. I'd, I'd like, can we get, can we take a picture and just chop out the legs? It's just can. sprayed on the trousers, and it's like I can't get them up over my bum. I was looking. I was trying not to laugh. He couldn't move in them. I thought, how's this kid going to be on like climbing? frames and this kind of things but someone has said to me skinny's good because you don't want it to be shapeless because you just don't want shapeless you want a bit Why of shape do you right shape? You, do you, need a, shape? you want the a, children i don't want to just you've got to have standards whatever <laughs> age we're talking about right and, but mick jagger standards too far i mean i mean it was ridiculous can even have walked that would have caused him damage that was just ridiculous so i got a i got a selection and and the the, the smaller of the two in height i put a pair on him he looked like mc hammer <laughs> the crotch was by his ankles oh no and so, so he was, was like, like the very relaxed he, 
no, that was only relaxed, which is a worry. And oh, he said, no. I like these, mummy. And I thought, oh, oh, no. <laughs> so I've got one that looks like Mick Jagger. Let him wear what he wants to wear. One that looks like MC Hammer. <laughs> Just <laughs> like, let him wear them. It's fine. It Who was cares? the most terrifying thing. So I'm now on probably my fourth batch because it took a load back, ordered another load, took a load back, oh, ordered my. another load. I'm probably on my... They think it's a game now. Like You're just going to end up game. with normal, aren't you? It's just going to be bang in the middle. Normal. You should have just done normal from the beginning. But it's... I should have gone normal. But it's... You're just blown away by skinny and super skinny and there's slim and there's this. I just couldn't believe there was so much choice. And honestly, I'd nearly had a panic madness. And I bought a section of everything and we're, we're still not quite there. This was over a week ago I started this process. I'm trying to get it all done before I go away for the US Open just to be really organised because I'm not always that organised. So I'm trying to get it done, but if there's someone listening to this that can relate to this or can recommend whether I'm going skinny or slim or relaxed, or then please let me know. I, I know someone is, some flares. is feeling... Yeah, you could get like a boot cut. I think that's yeah. very relaxed. <laughs> very relaxed. I think it's very relaxed. Flares are very in now. Go with them. So they could Bell go... bottoms. But I, I cannot tell it. I mean, I thought I'm going to go in there and maybe I was like, Serena, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to I'm going to knock the ball out of the park. I'm going to win this. And honestly, I ran out. I almost ran out of the shop. So I can't do it. Keep the relaxed ones for fancy dress and then your four-year-old can go as MC Hammer. <laughs> honestly, the crotch is down by his ankle. <laughs> And I was like, and then you've, then I'm not even going to go there, but you've got to put the name on everything. everything. Uh, yeah, get the iron on ones. You don't need to sew it in. And iron my, on. my friend told me a great trick. I was thinking, oh, where is the iron? Don't know where it is. She used her hair straighteners. Oh, just cl- hair oh, straighteners. That's, that's efficient. Crunch it. And then the label goes on. Great. That's How a good, good is trick. that? Okay, Sorry, I'm I, I mean, that one. this is about as far from tennis as we possibly could have got, but it's, it's been, uh, it's been an eye opener in mm. many ways. I didn't realise it was quite so extreme and why on earth would you put your child in super skinny trousers? But a lot of people do because a couple of mums I spoke to said, well, you've got to go for super skinny. They're super skinny and they're super slim. What's the difference? I don't know. What is... Uh, if they're Super started, anything is just a bit if much. If they're sort of having high rise, low rise on the waist, I'd have thought well, that's ridiculous. I think they could rock the flares. I just... It's just... It's beyond belief. It's very, it's very stressful. School. Um, I don't remember all this. I keep asking mum. She's like... I don't remember this. She says, I do remember sewing on 75 labels. And yes, like, the labels is the killer. No, but luckily, we've now got the stick on or the, yeah. or the thing. So anyway, I'm going to keep you posted okay. and let you know um, what they end up going in. But sorry, I took us I took us completely away from tennis. It was, it was almost like my little rant. Yes. I mean, little non-tennis moment. Some of our, honestly, some of our conversations have been, we, we link everything back to the post-Wimbledon podcast where we couldn't see each other and we made no sense. That was tough. But we've had, we've had a few of those. Um, on last night, I was on till half one. I was on the last match of the night, finished at half one a.m. local time. Well, Big John, Isner with Karenia Buster. Kindly, as I'd been in early that day, you said, look, after the first set, and, and Brian Clark was there. After the first set, you, you can go. So at least one of us, we don't all need to be here until the early yeah, hours of the sure. morning. It's the last so match. I thought I'm going to get some sleep. You wouldn't stop messaging me. So I'm in bed trying to go to sleep. You're like, John Isner just took an 11 minute loo break. And I'm like, go away. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, unnecessary. You're like, I'm still here. And I'm like, I'm trying to sleep. Go away. I'm sorry. <laughs> messaging but, me. Sorry, but I, I'm a big fan of John's. And I actually really enjoy doing the big servers, as a, a lot of people find it a little more difficult to commentate on. But it, 11 minutes, unnecessary. It's gone midnight. What are you doing? 11 minutes he left the court for. Firstly, he thought he, he looked like he got lost. He was just wandering around going, where do I go? Where's the loo? It took him about three minutes to get off the court. But I still, that's a long time. Long time. 
and especially when I'm trying to sleep and you're telling me about it at home. <laughs> but I don't think they should time toilet breaks. Right. Why? Because I don't want to be timed going for a pee. That's all I'm saying. They're not going for a pee, though. They're going to get changed. No, but he was... When they, when they leave and they are literally going to the toilet. Yeah, but they don't normally go to the toilet. But I don't want I'm to be... I'm telling you. This I, is insider knowledge. I don't Very rarely. want to be timed. Doing what, though? Having a pee. But they're not peeing. <laughs> at some point... They really are not peeing. At some point they will. It just doesn't happen that often. They're normally just getting changed. So no one's having a I pee. think he had a shower. He looked like he'd had a shower. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just stop the match and go and have a shower in the middle of it. This is just ridiculous. It was very muggy conditions, as you were telling me. Oh, God. Anyway, I, I just, so that was winding me up. We have had very long days. I know, as you kept telling me. I'm a big fan of John, I but Pablo Fernandez won six I, and a third. Obviously, it was, it was as soon as it started, we knew it was going to be six and a third. I keep my phone on in case there's an emergency. I think it's important, so I'm not one of these people that puts it on mute. Oh, that's good to know. And, and what, well, when I'm in may, a far-flung this, country in the middle of the night, may, I'm going to start have, ringing this, you. This may have changed for now. Certain things are on mute, but things like messages and calls, just in case there's an emergency, okay. the family. I'll message and call you. So last night, every time I sort of drifted off, there's a message: eleven minutes, still playing. Still going. <laughs> it's like, go away. <laughs> then you went, podcast tomorrow. Shh. <laughs> so I, I didn't meet you in the end. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's really. I think that's the first time I've ever muted anyone. We've, we've, we've done another podcast without scheduling. I wanted to talk about <laughs> scheduling about a month ago now. Yeah, I might club. I might might club. I might clip up that little bit that I just said of like I'm not going to be able to say anything interesting. We can put that at the beginning of every podcast. That can be a little clip we put on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please listen to Naomi Shishi. Rate and I'm review. Not going to say anything interesting. <laughs> please review this. We we're going to have to go soon because we'll be we'll be back on duty. We will. Yeah. Um, mugs. No, think of what I think about mugs. Why is it still because with the there mugs? are the latest person, Eleanor Preston, good friend of ours would like a mug she wants a mug so if, okay. if it looks like mugs will be happening people if anybody would like a mug or would like to see what the mug looks like then check out our new twitter account which is at tennis podcast one so very similar to the old one really uh, we're also on instagram which is where we're followed by dogs um so get some mugs have a piece of cake i got my cake if Thank anyone's you. got school uniform trouser advice it's welcome quite horrified by that guys it's 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 absolutely terrifying the wall of gray trousers is something i close my eyes and i just see now 